This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman, or who has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down to education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They're your body's messengers. I am here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Villegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. I'm super excited to share a little milestone that's coming up for me. In three weeks, I will be releasing my 50th podcast episode. Most podcast episodes don't reach 15 episodes, so this feels like a huge accomplishment and one that I couldn't have done without all of you tuning in every single week, sharing, posting reviews, you know, responding with feedback and takeaways, all that stuff. And so I really appreciate all of you. And to commemorate this 50th episode, I want to kind of turn the mic around, so to speak, and do a special Ask Me Anything episode. I've put a link in the show notes where you can submit your questions and you can really ask me anything serious, silly, fun, anything about me, my business, my podcast, and of course, anything periods and cycle syncing. You can also leave comments there. Like if you are thinking we need some kind of catchphrase for you, like, hey, cycle sinkers, or if you want to tell me that that's a horrible idea and I should not do that. Whenever I go on sort of a monologue with Dan, I often end it with, and that's what I think. And this is something that he's come to um, lovingly tease me about and thinks I should add it into the end of my podcast. So also feel free to let me know how you feel about that um, episode wrap up. Either way, definitely fill out the survey that's in the show notes and let me know what your questions are. I can't wait to dig into them and get to know each other a little bit better. Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about boundaries that we set for ourselves, boundaries that we set with other people. And last week, we got into some beliefs and blocks related to asking for help. A lot of the mindset work that's involved in getting comfortable asking for help is similar to the work that's needed to get comfortable setting boundaries. Because in a way, setting boundaries is asking for something, right? It's setting this line and asking for other people to respect that and dealing with that boundary maybe turning into one, a negotiation or two, turning into an ultimatum and and our feelings around that. So the main thing that I want to highlight from a mindset perspective is to encourage you to acknowledge and identify the ways that you ignore yourself. You ignore your body. You ignore the messages that it sends you. So much of the messaging around periods is to just push through. It is the way it is. If you want to have any kind of equality in the world, you just have to act as if it's not happening. And when you get so accustomed to pushing through pain and discomfort, you tolerate so much pain and discomfort on a normal basis. It feels normal. We just get so used to not feeling optimal 
because we don't know how to support ourselves to feel that way. And not only do we not know how to support ourselves that way, but so many women don't even know that there's better. Introducing an idea of optimal and that that's even possible requires us to kind of look deeper and say, what are ways that I just settle? Like, oh, I have a headache, but you know, I have a headache most days. And instead of evaluating like, hey, have I eaten today? Have I had enough water? Do I need some electrolytes? Like, have I been staring at a computer screen too long? That internal reflection can be really helpful in identifying like why certain boundaries maybe don't feel all that solid or you have a hard time sticking with them. But another huge factor when it comes to setting boundaries as a woman that I think is not talked about is that oftentimes the boundaries that we try to set, they're pretty arbitrary in terms of how they'll work for you as an individual, how they work with your cyclical body. Because boundaries are often like based on the concept of consistency. Like a boundary is like, I never do X or I always do Y. And when your cycle is 28 days long, this idea of always and never doesn't really work together. So you can decide some boundary like, I am going to work out for exactly an hour every single day doing this specific workout. And you'll have a week, a week and a half where you're like, I feel amazing. I am so good at this. I'm so strong. I'm so consistent. And then you fall off the wagon or you push yourself to meet that because you will follow through, right? There's this pressure to follow through, to do what you set out to do. But then you feel horrible, which is sending that negative reinforcement that boundaries don't actually feel good. And if a boundary doesn't feel good, you're going to have a real hard time maintaining it. And I don't mean setting the boundary, right? Setting boundaries, especially with other people, like that never feels great to set up anything that might sound like an ultimatum or might create tension. Like that's not fun, but the result of the boundary needs to feel good if you're going to feel confident keeping it. And I've always sort of seen myself as like a queen of boundaries, but when I really got a taste of like hard boundaries was when we had kids I remember, especially with our oldest, that was our first round of like attempting any form of sleep training and, you know, just trying to figure out how to be parents. And there feels like there's so many freaking exceptions, right? Like I know he needs to sleep, but what if he needs his diaper changed? What if he needs his passy? What if he's hungry? What if, what if, what if, what if? And it makes it so hard to stick to whatever you set out doing. And that's the problem with these more strict, consistent-based, meaning I do the same thing every day. Like it doesn't really work because there's exceptions to that. And if we're not prepared for the exceptions, then our relationship with that boundary falls apart. So I want to start by talking about like setting boundaries with yourself and what that can look like. Because starting with yourself is a great way to practice this skill. So I want to take some common examples of boundaries that we try to set for ourselves because we're doing what we should do. We're doing what we think is good for us. Um, So I mentioned before like the working out example where it's like I'm going to work out every single day or maybe every single weekday for an hour. I'm going to do this exact workout. And then I'm going to measure success based on like I'll be stronger if I can do more weight, more reps 
So a couple ways that you can flip a boundary like that to actually set you up for success in a way that works with your cyclical body is to zoom out and think about clarity in your end goal. What do you want to be? Do you want to be stronger? Do you want to be more flexible? Do you want to have more energy? What is that goal? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And be super clear on where you're headed and allow for more flexibility in the journey. Because what if instead of working out every single day for this amount of time, it was, I move my body in a way that feels good every single day or every weekday. And that could allow on a day that you're not feeling as energetic, that could allow like a walk around the block to count, a commute to work, going to the park with your kid could count, doing bedtime yoga or morning stretches could count. Maybe your boundary is, I want to go to the gym every single day or every single weekday, but I give myself permission to rest when I need rest, to modify to shorten the length of time that I'm working out based on what my cyclical body needs. Another way you can think about this is saying like, I signed up with my trainer to go through this program, which requires me to work out in this set way every day. And that's something I'm committed to and something that I want to follow through on. So then your boundary with yourself could be, I'm committed to eating enough for my body in any given phase for the workout that I'm going to do. I'm committed to hydrating enough. I'm committed to prioritizing the recovery my body needs so I can maintain this level of physical output throughout my cycle. Another way that we can set boundaries is in how we assess the process. If you think about, you know, success as more weight, more reps, more time, When that inevitably fluctuates across the month, because especially if you're trying to stick to the same workout, how your body's going to respond is going to vary across your cycle to some degree. And so if you're looking for linear progress, that's not how cyclical bodies work. If your goals become, I want to get my heart rate up to a certain level in every workout, or I want to do reps to exhaustion, And you set up these assessment or progress pieces based on how it feels for your body and not an arbitrary number outside of yourself, right? So then if it's about getting your heart rate up, when you're in follicular phase, you probably are going to need to do that extra amount and go a little bit harder to get your heart rate up there, but your body's more capable of doing that then. But in luteal, when your body's already doing so much extra work, then less exertion in the exercise is going to be required to get your heart rate where you want it to be. Or going to, you know, exhaustion, right? Like you may need more reps at one part of your cycle than another to hit that point of exhaustion, but you can still have that same, like, I know that I went all out today at the gym. So you can still get the feeling that you might without it having to be the same Another example could be with sleep. We often set boundaries for ourselves that are like, all right, I have to be in bed by, you know, 10 o'clock every single night and that's how I'll get my best sleep, right? But if you're naturally going to sleep at 11 and you're saying like, no, I'm going to now go to sleep at 10 and I'm going to move my bedtime up an entire hour, that's going to be really hard to commit to. 
And again, when you think about the portions of your cycle where the first half, like you have more energy, you may not need as much sleep. So trying to start something like that when you're in follicular will be even harder to commit to and stick to, especially if you go out with friends and it's like, not only do I have more energy, but I'm feeling more social. I'm having a great time out and about. I do not want to get home in time to be in bed by 10 o'clock. And then in luteal, you might be like, all right, it's 9.15. I'm, I'm just going to pack it up for the night and I'm good to go. Like, But allowing for that flexibility is what's so valuable. So ways that you can flip those scripts for yourself is thinking about, I'm going to start my bedtime routine at the first sign of sleeping. Instead of hitting like, yes, Netflix, I do want to watch the next show. I'm going to do a check-in between each show and see like, how am I feeling? Am I ready to sleep or am I choosing to watch another show? I think a big way that you can start out these boundaries like super easy on yourself is what time do you already go to sleep? Make that your bedtime. Make that your commitment to yourself. Like I'm going to honor that this is when I naturally feel sleepy and this is when I'm going to go to sleep and release the pressure or the guilt over like, oh, well, I should be going to sleep earlier. I should be doing X, Y, Z. You can also think about, you know, I want to go to sleep earlier. I want to make that a habit. Like I know I'm not prioritizing sleep enough and I need more of it. So I want to move it up to 10. And so I'm committing to starting my bedtime routine at maybe 9.30, 9.45 to support my body to be ready to sleep. Or I'm turning off screens by 9.30 so that I can start to wind my body down to sleep and have it be ready. Because what's worse than like meeting that boundary and like laying in bed and it's 10 o'clock and you're like are wired. And a fun fact about screens is viewing screens like blue light from computer phones that can delay melatonin production by like 30, 40 minutes. So if you're cutting off that last show, you know, at your bedtime being like, all right, now I'm going to go to sleep. It's going to take you a lot longer to fall asleep because your body has not hit that like tipping point of sleepiness. So factoring in, like, how do you support yourself to be ready to sleep at that time? And now making a little shift to thinking about setting boundaries with other people. The biggest things that happen when setting a boundary with another person is it turns into a negotiation. Or the other thing that can be really triggering is you setting a boundary and the other person having really big feelings about it. And depending on how sensitive that boundary is, how safe it is to have that conversation with the person that you're talking to, you can really think about how to leverage your cycle and when you're most resilient to have those conversations and using the more reflective parts of your cycle like luteal and menstrual phase to get clear on why this boundary needs to happen how this boundary is actually not just a selfish thing of like your your issues but how this is really the most loving thing that you can do for that other person as well and getting clear on like what are the things that you have to release like what feelings might come up if they react big and loud because even if like at a cognitive level you feel like you can be like all right I'm not responsible for how they feel about this boundary the experience of it can be really triggering 
using these different points in your cycle to plan the conversation, prepare yourself for the conversation, introduce the concept to them, you know, set a time to have that conversation can help you to step into it with more confidence. The other way that your cycle can help you in this process is by learning to channel the energy of different phases. Follicular phase like teaches us how to give full body yeses. We know what it feels like to be like, I know I can handle that. That sounds amazing. I'm 100% in. Luteal phase can teach us how to say no to things. And I know what that feels like in my body. So even if you're in a different phase of your cycle, you can start to remember and make these connections. If I know what it feels like in my body to feel triggered, I know what it feels like in my body to be 100% on board with something. And bringing those into the day-to-day can help you see, you know, is this something that I'm saying yes to because I feel like I should? And technically I can. Or is this something I'm saying yes to because it fully aligns with my values and I'm all in? Am I saying no to something because I think I should? Am I saying no to something because I'm scared of having capacity for it in the future? And an example of this, so Dan and I are very different. I'm much more introverted, need time alone. He's much more social and extroverted, likes being around people, you know, as much as possible, basically. And so there's times where he invites me to come and be a part of something. And I've at times said yes to those things before because it's like, I want to spend time with him. And so if he's going, like, I want to go so that I can be with him. But I'm learning this as well. And I continue to practice this of like, is this something that I would even want to do on my best day? And if it's not, then it's like, why am I like kind of forcing myself to go be a part of something that I wouldn't even enjoy in the best of circumstances? Like that's a no. And if I feel like we need to then schedule some kind of date night so that we get time together, Um, we can do that, but we can do that separately. Or it could be like, you know what, that is something I'd like to do, but that's not something I want to do this week. If you want to still go today, great, but can we schedule a time where we can do that together or do that with friends again at another time when I have more capacity to like participate and actually enjoy the experience. And sometimes being like, you know what, even if this isn't my best day, like it's something I'd enjoy doing. I want to go with you. Um, I really like the group of people that will be there. Like I know that it may still be a stretch for me, but it's like within that, that zone that I can feel really confident stepping into. Having these yes and no responses versus like maybe, or, you know, I would like to be the version of myself or I would like to be the person who would say yes to this. And I can acknowledge that. But it's not fair to me, and it's definitely not fair to him, to step into situations that I know are not going to be a good fit for me for the sake of like showing up, for the sake of attendance points, basically. Especially those sort of day-to-day conversations, the day-to-day yes or no's, the day-to-day like, I'm available for this or I'm not available for this. The beauty of it is you get to then also extend some more agency to the person that you're talking with because by even stating like this is what I'm available for allows someone to have some agency and like okay well then this is this is 
how what I'm available for or this is where I think like that maybe doesn't work and is there any room for negotiation I think we often equate boundaries to like cutting someone off but I don't think those are the same thing it's technically you know cutting someone off um or removing someone from your life or like having that hard line is a form of a boundary but that's very very extreme I think that the majority of boundaries in those like smaller conversations that happen throughout a relationship are really about how do we have the most fulfilling relationship, which means that we may not be able to be in certain situations together, or we might not be able to have certain conversations together. But that doesn't mean that what we are able to have and engage with together can't be authentic and meaningful. And if you're unsure, or if you're feeling like a boundary maybe needs to be set, but you're just like, I don't know how to go about having this conversation or like, am I overreacting? Am I all of these things? Like journaling during your menstrual phase is such a superpower because it's when not only are you most in tune to what your needs are and what boundaries you need in your life and like what really matters to you, but you're also feel the least pressure from other people's expectations, other people's needs, like the most relief from that responsibility for other people and for their emotions and for their experience. And that can allow you to just get really clear and really confident in what you need to stay in the relationship or what the invitation is for the other person to do to continue in a relationship. This is the thing when we wait to wait to have that conversation that resentment builds up to the point where then we are at the place where it's like we're done we can't be in this anymore and we can't see any way to be in it which can be often really blindsiding to the other person and so that's not doing them any favors that's not giving them the benefit of like maybe they didn't even know it was a thing caring enough to have that conversation early gives that other person agency to say, I'm in it with you and I'm willing to adjust and adapt to make this work or to make it really clear that they are not willing to do that and you don't have to waste any more sleepless nights, any more years on people that are not in it with you. That doesn't mean perfection. That means like committed to showing up fully and authentically for one another and honestly The clarity that comes from journaling during menstrual phase and taking that reflection time is also like, where does this relationship fall, right? We have different buckets in our life, right? There's the bucket of someone who, this is my inner circle. This person is here and gets to see the most vulnerable versions of myself because I know they're here to support me. There's people a little further out where like, They get to see your wins. They get to celebrate with you, but maybe they don't get to be a part of the messy middle. And there's the bucket of people where it is more one-sided. You know that this is something that you're giving into and you want to support that person, but you know that it's not a reciprocal situation. And so it's not a matter of like, cut all those people out of your life. It's how do I set boundaries around my time and my energy so that I can continue to give in a way that isn't filled with resentment. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, or wherever you listen, and be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to BriannaVegas.com or find me on Instagram at Coaching.